and welcome to the 96th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Epistory by Fishing Cactus. Gentlemen, who are you? And what do you do? Okay, I, I'll go first. Yes, thank so, you. So, um, I'm David. I'm the game designer on Epistory. And, um... What, uh, yeah, what do you do in, in Fishing Cactus? Are you the chief game designer? You, is, that, is, that, is that your role? It's hard to say I'm chief game designer because we are always small team, so I'm game designer, so, yeah. you know... Game designers do a lot of things besides game designs. Yes, producer, so. probably. You're probably a producer as well, and probably yeah. a bit of coding and some art, no doubt. Exactly. Uh, Tybo, what, what, what about yourself, sir? What do you do? Yeah, so um, my name is Thibaut Anson, and uh, I'm I'm the programmer at Fishing Gactus. Well, for Epistory, at least. Cool. So, yeah, it's the other half. The other half. So, how many of you are you? Because you did say you're a small team, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm looking at you at least half of it. Uh, in the core team, I think we could add uh, 3D artists who right. made uh, the artistical direction of the 3D props. Excellent. Uh, we can add also a 2D artist. Uh, maybe we can quote the names. Uh, yeah, but, well, yeah, go on. Give them a Ryan shout out. 3D artist. Uh, Amandine is 2D artist. Uh, we also have Sophie. So you read the uh, Steam forums. You might have seen her a lot because she's the community manager. Right, the vital. And uh, I guess that's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Everyone in Fishing Cactus is helping, so fun them for everything. But so congratulations on finishing the game, by the way. Because I, I, I do say that to developers a lot. And it sounds, and again, some regular listeners will know I say this all the time, but it does sound patronising for me to say something like that. But it's it's fantastically hard to finish a game, isn't it? Um, I, I, I've heard, heard this many times been said that the last 10% of uh, making a game is the hardest bit uh, yes uh, because it's, it's always the, the moments where all the bugs have to be fixed so it's uh, it's a bit more tiring I guess yeah and it's the oh look we have to do the menus do we? yes yeah. no one can start <laughs> the game then <laughs> do we? yes yeah I've, I've, heard, I've heard this sort of setup. really? isn't that one of the first things you do? no no, no, it's not. But why do you make a menu to a game that doesn't exist? It makes no sense, Chris. You're a strange man. So, um, I'm going to make... I love asking this, this question. It's one of my favourite questions. It's not my favouritest, though. I'll come on to that later. My, but, but my second favourite one is, how did you make your start making video games? So, David, start with you. How did you start uh, making this crazy, crazy land that is video games? My story is, I think, shorter than Steve's one because okay. uh, Epistory is my first uh, commercial game, I okay. could say. Right. Uh, before that, I, I went to uh, study in uh, video game school, official video game school called Super Info Game in France. Right. So yeah, I only did a um, student project before Epistory. You're, you're both from France, aren't you? Forgive me. I, I, uh, is, that, is that where you're based? Yeah. Or? Uh, Fishing Cactus is a Belgian studio. It is, yes. yes. So I'm French and cross the border every day to to work on Fishing Cactus. And Thibaut is Belgian. Right. Yes. So um, 
you studied um, um, video game design, and then yeah, you've just, uh, but you you obviously did a lot of work and doing your theses and stuff like that at university, and then eventually so. But this is your first commercial release. It's quite quite an achievement. Yep. Yes, I'm quite happy to have uh, worked on uh, such a great game as the first game. You know, most of the time you do uh, like crappy ba- games for for start. Yeah. To gain uh, experience, so starting with Epistory was like, quite an achievement, like you said. Yeah, it's just uh, the reception it's got, and deservedly so, is very, very positive. We'll, we'll talk about that later, we're rushing ahead. <laughs> it's a, it's a ten- tendency in this show, because we want to get to the, the juicy stuff. But this is just as juicy, in my opinion. So Tybo, uh, tell us, um, what, how about your, your history, So It sounds like a little, little bit, more, bit more storied. Uh, yeah, so I started uh, working at Fishing Cactus. It was um, seven years ago. It was my first job. So, okay. uh, yeah, I also stayed there. And, um, yeah, I think I have around 10, ten games released. But most of them are completely unknown. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us what they were? And just to be clear, you're the coder, are you, or one of them? Uh, yes, I was always a programmer. So. Programmer, okay, okay. And what is what is Epistory made using? Is it Unity or is it your own thing? Uh, it's Unity, yes. Okay, excellent. Right. <laughs> so um, you said so. Give us some examples of what these games you, you made, and what was your first one? The first one, uh, it was a DLC for um, Sean White snowboarding. Oh right. Well, yeah. Which, um, which which platform was that? Was that? It was uh, it was on iOS. Oh okay okay. So you started off doing some mobile games and stuff like that. Yes, and um, I guess the the most known should be uh, Afterburner Climax. It was a port for um, for the iOS platform. Right. I also did uh, some Shift. So it's, uh, it's a black and white game. Uh, platforming and puzzle. Okay. That was on several platforms. There's, there's a Shift 2 on um, iOS. There's a Shifting World on 3DS. Right. So, yeah, I think that's the most the most known. Yeah, the, the, the most games I get on iOS are based on word of mouth, uh, my experience. It's... Uh yes. There's a massive other sound here. Ah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll check that. Yeah, yeah, you would. Um, what was I? Yes, so... Um, what was your very first game you ever made in Tybo? Uh, yes, it, so it was um, the Sean White snowboarding. No, 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 no not, not commercially. You personally. Like, how oh, far back do you go... Now, what was your very first game made? The very first was um, <clears throat> a small quiz, uh, like a, a trivial pursuit. Oh, okay, like a trivial pursuit. So, All right. Yes, and um, it was just some some uh, little project in basic. Okay, so that was your first dabble into... What was that on? Do you remember? Was it on a PC? Uh, it was on a... Um, on a pen- oh, no, it was not a Pentium, it was in... Uh, Four eight four eighty six. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, I just wanted... uh, it was the the computer of my brother. Oh, okay. I just want to reach back 
to see what your roots were, how you first started typing away, thinking I can do more with this computer than just um, play Doom. <laughs> not, not there's anything wrong with Doom, just to be clear. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay, cool. So we've got to establish now where you, where you come from, what we, your, your backgrounds are. So let's move on to your influences as creators, because ultimately. That's what you are. And this question is, is very open-ended. It's very difficult to answer. But I'm going to try and pitch it to you in a way that, that's, that gives you some guidance about how, what I'm trying to get out of you, really. Is that, I'll start with David again and we'll go back to Tybo. Is, uh, um, what do you believe as a creator is your, is, influences you? Whoa. Yeah. Uh, it's a, such a wide I'm, question. It is a quite horridly wide question. Yeah, what yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get to is just what's the what's, what gets you going? What gets your juices flowing? That's what I'm really trying to get at. What's the thing you go, yes, and just, and, you know, what, what is it? Hmm. Uh, it would be for me to answer that question because I, I don't have a, like a favorite games or a, no. one game that made me uh, want to be a game designer. But really a lot of things, a lot of different influences. I mean, so, I've, I've had broad answers like the universe itself, which is a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. it is pretty awesome. The universe is pretty awesome, uh, and we and we exist in it. <laughs> I would say the, the games I, I'm playing right now. You ah, know, you, you have there's a game you played a few months uh, earlier, or your main influences of the moment, and then you switch to another genre of game, and you want to create something completely different because your influences are. Uh, are constantly changing, so mm. yeah. Excellent. Okay, so other games then. That that's great. That's also a very common and valid uh, statement. I've had everything from other games, the universe, to a pet dog. It's all fine. Um, what about you, Tybo? What what, what, um, what what what's your thing that gets you going and keeps you uh, ploughing ahead on uh, your stuff? It's a it's a hard question because. I, I've always liked video game, mm-hmm. so it's it's a bit it's like it's almost natural, you know. It's uh, I like games. I want to create them. I want to play to play them. So, do you not think that the best the best developers are the ones who play lots of games too? <laughs> um, probably yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but Thibaut does not say that is. You know, a lot of games, indie games, uh, mobile games, a lot of stuff. When you have a, you want a reference for a gameplay or something, you start by asking him, do you know what a game with that in it? And you always find something. So you're a bit of an, encyclop- yeah, you're a bit of an encyclopedia, are you? Yeah, I try to, yeah. Because it's, it's always fun when someone says, uh, like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's a survival game, but uh, you own the, the real enemy is, your, is the environment. And based on that, I, we, I try to find uh, the title. It's a, yeah. it's a little game we have uh, between us. I see. So I suppose the Far Cry games is a good example of environment uh, against the player, uh, although the player uses the environment to their advantage, so maybe that's not a good example. I don't know. Yeah, for, uh, for this example, it was the long, the long Dark. Okay. All oh, right. Yes. Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, excellent answers, a pair of you. Um, it's a very hard question to answer, and uh, I've tried to reword it over and over again. I just can't. 
So in the end, I'll just say what your biggest influence is and then embellish on that. It seems to work. So this next one is also a difficult one to answer because typically developers don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But ultimately, what I'm asking you is, who and what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? The universe? <laughs> so, um, so anyone, any particular company, is it Blizzard, for example, Nintendo? I don't know, just plucking, I'm plucking names out of the hat here. Yeah, uh, uh, I like Nintendo games because you, you can always see the, the subtle tweaking in the design mechanics because it's obvious, but... Yeah. We're, talking, are, we're, we're moving on from the influences now and actually asking you who you admire. In the yeah, industry. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so oh. yeah. So, so Nintendo, yes, very, very extraordinarily brave design decisions. Yep. That, that, that they somehow pull off. Is that what what you admire about them? Yeah, I, I mean, that when you play some Nintendo games or platform games, Mario games, it's usually classical mechanics. Well, there's some smart ideas in there, but you you can see maybe just me as a designer. I don't know, but you can see clearly what the their design intentions were at start on why they do what they do. And I don't know, I have that, that feeling more often with Nintendo games than other kind of games. So that's all. Uh, maybe I admire what Valve does because they have the guts and I guess mostly the money to <laughs> uh, put the time and effort it needs to make uh, great games and to kill every feature they don't like. Yeah, and also, they, but they can't count to three, which is kind of... Yeah, funny. yeah, it seems so. <laughs> oh, good, you get the joke, yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 you know, oh, Left for Dead 3. Can we grab that? I mean, I love one and two. Why did you stop? But they did, and that was sad. Yeah, I don't um, know if it would be a good idea for them to read uh, uh, Half-Life 3 or something. I never finished At that story. Not. They never finished the story, but I think video yeah. game, the realms of video games have moved on from that, from that storytelling, that way of telling a story in a first person. It's, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? They could do a walking, um, like simulator, like, you know, Firewatch. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, no, I shouldn't say that about Firewatch. I like that game. If it's a game, I'm not sure if it is. Um, Thibaut, who, what do you think of, uh, what's your, who do you admire in the, uh, realm of video game development? If, if anyone. Um, I think I have to say um, Bethesda for the, the Skyrim and the, the Elder Scrolls in general. Yeah, Bethesda. Because, yeah. Yeah, because they, they don't compromise. You know, they, they have um, continued their vision for I don't know how long. It's been uh, at least 10 years now. I think it's longer than that. <laughs> yeah, maybe 15. It will be 20... When was the... F- Let's see, because Arena come out in 93... 94, so it's probably 20 years they've been doing So, that. yeah, and uh, uh, the 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 oh, new okay. fashions and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for the words. Um, That's okay, <laughs> I mean, I understand that they, they, they just, they have a goal, they have a mission, they have a Yeah, vision. and they, they, they don't follow they don't follow the, 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 the hype train, you know. Yeah, it's like they, Oh, everybody does does MOBA now, and they don't. That's that's a bit uh, a bit of a cop out, but but I think it's uh, it's a good reason. It's almost like they're the inverse of Blizzard. Now, bear with me on this, because <laughs> Blizzard does do what you just described. 
They do latch on to trends. But then yeah. they get the trend and go, we're going to make it our own now. Uh, and Well, at least they try to. And uh, they do a very, very good job most of the time. Uh, Heroes of the Storm is a very, very good MOBA. It's not the best in many people's opinions, but it's still a very, very good one. Um, but you're right. Bethesda are going, we do these massive, massive um, adventure games which can just consume you for months on end and we don't care. <laughs> yeah, same, same for the, the multiplayer. Yeah. Everybody adds a multi- Tecton multiplayer and they don't. No, no. They did make the MMO though, which is now turned around a bit and has become more successful than it initially was. But yeah, you're right. For the most part, they are they stick to their guns and they stand by their work. Yeah, but at least they, once they decided to do a multiplayer game, they yeah. did a, an MMO. It's, it was not um, half alpha to the measure. No, no, it's right. It went, they went all out. And uh, yeah. I'm sure you two to appreciate the sheer amount of work required to make an MMO cannot be understated. <laughs> yes. uh, and it's, uh, it's just people, I tell people about this, and I'm a developer myself, but the sheer amount of content you have to make, it's the content. That's what's so terrifying. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, if, if they've got the resources like they do with WoW and stuff, they pull it off. But, yeah, Bethesda, good call on that. Uh, I, I love their stuff. Uh, Skyrim is one of my favourite games of all time. Uh, as was Fallout 3, especially the ending, because that was just crazy. Um, <laughs> so, let's move on to my favourite question. And it's the last question of the first half, so you can, you know, you can mop your brow. So we, it's almost like the boss, but it's not boss. But My favourite question is this. What are you playing right now? Today. I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls. You're playing lots of Do- Dark Souls 3? Yeah. Well, how are you finding it? It's, it's very good. Yes? It's a, it's a, bit, it's a bit easy. Easier than the, than the second one. Right. Than the, than the first, yeah. Is it because you know what to expect? You know the system? Or is it just you believe it to be genuinely easier? Do you think it toned it down? Yeah, uh, I've seen a video, I can't remember the name, but... Uh, Someone was making the argument that the community is uh, learning the skills at the same time as the game come out. Uh-huh. So the, com- the community in general is better at the game. Yeah. So what what seems what seems very hard in the past now seems normal. Right. And there's also that sense of I mean this is the fifth game in that type, isn't it? If you count Demon Souls and Blood Bloodborne. Which yeah, I do. It's, yeah. it's the fifth one, and uh, I think we. I mean, not only that, but I, I went to PAX last weekend, PAX East, uh, and um, there were a lot of a lot of games of the similar ilk, various forms, and like, oh yeah, it's really really hard. You know, you can't just button mash anymore. You've got to time your <laughs> combat. And like, oh god. <laughs> so I think, you know, everyone's saying it's too hard. It wasn't. It was hard. It was difficult because um, these games are meant to be teaching you the, the concept of it's not Diablo. Well, there's anything wrong with Diablo, but it's not that kind of button mashing or mouse clicking thing. It's you having to really position yourself, wait for their swing, then counter it. I'm, I'm encapsulating something way more complex than it actually is, but that's what I believe. And when I first started playing Demon Souls with my friends, 
it was just like, oh, hang on, this is bonkers. This is this is goes against everything I know, but I get why this is so awesome. I imported that game, <laughs> you know. But uh, this is when yeah, it wasn't. Also, the, yeah, yeah. The, com- the combat is very fair. It's, yes. it's always your fault it's always when, you, when you die. So. And, and and again with 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 EpiStory, I found that the only reason I died is because I didn't type fast enough. Yeah, it's the dark source of, of uh, typing games. It is. <laughs> yeah, we get that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's definitely improved my typing. Got to be said. David, um, what about you, sir? What are you playing right now? Mm, I'm not playing a lot of uh, recent games because I put a lot of things on, on old while uh, finishing up history. Brilliant. I love you. So you're going through your pile of shame. Okay, go for it. What, what have you got for me? So, yeah. Yeah, past games, uh, a lot of things on Wii U. I stopped playing maybe one hour, one year. So I uh, removed the dust and started uh, replaying some games. Right. Uh, I have a few things on Steam. Well, I have dozens of games on Steam, but I have a few ones I, I want to play, like uh, uh, Life is Strange. Yes. I have, People like, keep on yelling at me to play that, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like playing one chapter every month, so okay. I'm slowly going to finish it. Right. And yeah, other games like that. I have. Uh, uh, I can look at the Steam library right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Child of Light. Um, Hotline Miami. Oh. Child of Light. Oh, <laughs> I still need to play that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Transistor. Two. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, I've got that on my Transistor. iPad, actually. Works really well on my iPad. Uh, if you've got a, power, a, a tablet that's powerful enough, highly recommend it. Really good. Um, um, and what are you playing on your Wii U? You, didn't, you said you were going to... Um, well, I, I, maybe it's a shame for games I know, but I never played... Uh, some uh, Zelda games like uh, Wind Waker, so I bought it on Wii U. And I still know people haven't played Ocarina of Time, and I yeah. env- I envy them because yeah, <laughs> you can still play it for the first time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You and I have been for it, but I know it's crazy. I, I wait for the right time to play it. That's why yeah, it takes so long. It's like you know when people say we haven't seen that film, you don't go, oh, how could you not seen that film? It's just like. I envy you. <laughs> you're now going to experience that for the first time. I experienced that ten years ago, and yeah. now you're going to see it. So it's like Firefly. You know, people haven't seen Firefly, and mm. TV, you know, and like, oh, you haven't seen that? Well, wish I was you. <laughs> Lucky you. That's the way you should treat it. You shouldn't shame people. You should go. That's awesome. I wish I was you that you hadn't seen that. I agree. You, I agree on that. You, know, you do need to see it though. I'm <laughs> um, like that of any media, whether theatre, books, doesn't matter, video games. I'm always saying I'm envy you. But yeah, um, for me, I mean, I, for example, my my, my favourite game is uh, Rebel Galaxy. And I love that game, but it's just it's a great game to nip in and out of. Uh, it's, it's perfect. But anyway, thanks for your honest and uh, great responses to my question. <laughs> um, this is the end of the first half. I know. So we're going to go move on to the second half where we go deep delve deep uh, into episode
either either of you, tell us what is Epistory. It has been a long time since we pitched that game. <laughs> so we had that formula in which we said that it was like Thibaut, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's like uh, if Zelda made a baby with typing of the dead, could be Epistory. Because now it's like a, a Zelda game in its structure. You have uh, exploration, uh, discovery, puzzles. Uh, you have a hub place with uh, several dungeons. Uh, you earn magics the same way you earn uh, uh, tools in Zelda. But it's only controlled with the keyboard, so you have to type words related to the actions you're doing to do things. Everything in the game is controlled with the keyboard only. It is. You cannot use a controller for this. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, but you're, you're pretty much... It's an isometric view, pretty much, isn't it? I think it's... Uh, it's not, it's not, not is it? It's not... Yeah, it's more... Uh, what's the actual yeah. angle? It's not isometric, is it? It's not as... Uh, like a 35-degree uh, yeah, angle of camera with a strange depth of, depth of field, but it's mm. not uh, exactly isometric. No, no. I've said that to people like, oh, is it planimetric? No one makes games like that. It looks weird. 45 <laughs> degrees. Who wants that? It looks, oh. Anyway, but yes. Oh, I don't know. Monument Valley was 45 degrees. Anyway, I was, I, oh. um, so yeah, you're right. It's, you're playing a character. It's third person action adventure. It's a Zelda influence. That's probably a reasonable description. And your main means of, uh, responding to interacting with things in the world is typing words, everyone. Yep, and you mentioned Typing the Dead, which is the only other game I know that does this. There might be other games out there, barring, you know, the old typing tutor stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is not what you're about at all. Um, So, what... This is the first detailed design question, so be prepared for yourselves. Here we go. What led you to create a typing-based game? And had you, when you started developing it, considered the different languages and spellings of words between different regions? I mean, how many languages does this game support, EpiStory support? I can't remember now. I'll try to look this up. It, it is your first question, the localization. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we have seven languages. Seven. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we have uh, like Polish and we have even Russian, so it's a Cyrillic alphabet. Right, oh yes. Yes, yep. of course, yes. Uh, and the first part of the question was what led you to do this? Why, why, why typing? It worked with the undead, I guess, so is that, is that how, tell us the evolution of that, I'm fascinated. Well, we have a good story with all the decision making we had for the, the story, the artistical direction and everything, but it all comes from the fact that we chose uh, to make a typing game. Right. Why did we choose to make a typing yeah, game? Yeah, I'm just... That's I'm a just... question we don't even have the answer, because, <laughs> well, you said we only the only other typing game we know was Typing of the Dead. That yeah. was true for us at the beginning. Um, so we wanted maybe the challenge in design. Uh, we knew it was like a, a niche game for typings, but we said, well, we don't have a lot of uh, concurrences. Uh, so, yeah, I don't exactly know where I came from, to be I mean, honest. The, th- <clears throat> the thing is that um, 
It's the first um, game that we can produce with our own money at Fishing Cactus. Right. So <clears throat> it was also a decision to not have too many con- um, too many concurrence other games concurrence. I guess. Yeah, because we live in extraordinary times right now. I think video games. I've never known. I mean, I've been playing them for a very, very, very long time. I mean, we're talking from the seventies because I'm very old. But um, the thing is, now it's just we're swamped, right, with with, with amazing content. And to actually put yourself above the parapet, if you will, and actually rise to the top, to have that unique thing is really important. You've done that here because I wouldn't have had you on the show if I didn't like this game. That's how this works. I'm here to promote games that I believe in. And this this game, this people need to be playing it. (laughs) Because it's, it's really, really, really entertaining and I lose hours to it. I was up until 1am last night playing this. I was like, I really need to get to bed. <laughs> and my laptop, which uh, it's a really powerful Mac, but it was, it was, you know, it was running quite warm. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, the engine, it is a beautiful game. We can talk about that in a moment. But it's uh, it's just so enthralling. that have to, You're always trying to push yourself and push yourself to actually get more and more because... The way the story is told, it just keeps you going. And it does the wonderful thing, the Zelda thing of, you can see that thing over there, you can't get to it yet, but when you can do something, you will be able to later on. I mean, that's the, the what I call a Zelda hook. You know, you see a part of a map, a part of a world, can't get to it yet. <laughs> and that's, that's, a, that's a classic Zelda thing, isn't it? That's what you've infused into Epi Story, is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And the thing I was talking about localization is that, I'm sure you're aware of this, but maybe you're not, probably are, is that English has many different ways of spelling words. Yes. The Americans have a certain way. Yeah. And the British have a certain way. Now, I've, I've noticed for obvious reasons in EpiStory that you've gone for American spellings of everything. Like, the Americans use Z a lot. You know, the letter Z. Or Z. Yeah. We British don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going. That's not how we spell it. Or you, 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 you know, color. We don't have. We have you in the word color in the UK, but not in America. So it's like, I'm okay with that. That's fine. But I'm sitting there grinding my teeth, going, it's not spelt right. <laughs> yeah, so, we are used to, uh, to to the American spelling. So indeed, when we created the game, it was always in American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and um, we could we could change change it. We re- recently announced um, the workshop for Steam for the mods. So, so if you want, you will be able to you will be able to change the dictionaries yourself and yeah, uh, change it into at the at, at the s's instead of the z's. The s's and put u's in and yeah. I think someone told me that we British actually added that those u's in later on, just despite the Americans. Probably sort of thing we'd do. <laughs> it's a bit passive aggressive. It is, and you're probably sitting there across the channel going, "Really, really, people? Like what? <laughs> what is it with you? What? Come on! <laughs> They're just messing with our language. It's not your. Never mind. So yeah. Anyway, it's just, I just found. I just want to share that with you. I'm sure you heard it many times before. 
many people going, hang on, that's not a spell color. And there's like, actually, no, it is. So uh, if, it, um, if it can make you, makes you happy, uh, our uh, writer, yeah. he came from London, so he's British. Right. He wrote the story in British, so maybe you have a bit of half of both words. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's a minor thing. I just found it amusing as I was typing the words. that uh, Because I found it... I, uh, that's one of the things I found when I'm going to talk about this in a second. Actually, we'll probably lead into the next point. Is um, you know some of the puzzles. My next question really is: some of the puzzles require pretty rapid typing because you've got to say. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, if I may, but there's one where you had to light three torches. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. So fairly early on, it's about within the next first hour of the game. It's my experience anyway, and you had to you had to type some things in pretty rapidly. Um, do you find that uh, people who aren't touch typists are a bit hindered when they're playing Epi Story? How have you dealt with that? Yeah, the balance the game for that. The difference of difficulty for the target was a quite difficult thing because uh, even when you you know your target, who your players will be, you can uh, assess the difficulty of a game because you know they are always already played that kind of game. But yeah. with typing, it's completely different because you can be good or bad at a game and be good and bad at uh, slow or fast typer. It's completely different. You have very good player who will play slow or will play fast. So we can't even say that our targets are fast players. So we had to... Um, we know that if you're really, really, really slow, you will have some difficulties. Mm. But if you're like an average slow or fast typer, we have uh, the difficulty will adapt itself. Right. So when you die, when you fail, uh, when you try several times to lit a torch, like if you remember the torches with yeah. a, a timer, yeah, each time you fail, the timer increases a bit. So in the end, you you will you will win. So it's, it's a dynamic difficulty system. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah, okay. okay. The level of difficulty is always supposed to match the one of players. But we had the same problem for really, really fast typers. Our <laughs> players would play uh, really faster than us. So we didn't imagine that someone could play that fast. No. So we had the same surprise in both directions. Yeah, I, I, I'm a touch typist. I have to be because I'm a writer and stuff. It's kind of something I learned some many, many years ago now. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not intuitive at all, actually. And someone has to teach you how to do that because the keys are in a certain place, depending on what. Well, actually, what language you speak. So I know that French keyboard is very different to the German and the British one, isn't it? Because yep. we have QWERTY and you have, forgive me, it's another set of keys. Oh, isn't it? There you go. Yeah. So I'm a bit ignorant here, but I do know it's different. I've encountered French keyboards and like, oh god, where's all my number? Everything is gone from my. I can't use them very well. <laughs> but um, so yeah, but they're the two main ones, aren't they? The two layouts. There might be some others um, of Western Europe, anyway. Of course, Russia's got its Cyrillic stuff. Um, but yes, it's so. I'm, I was fine with it, and I love the part where you say there's two different ways to control it. You can either use WASD using a, 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 that kind of keyboard or you can use you know other set of keys which are way better for typing with because it's a, it's a four and I had, had some difficulty using those initially well how, how did that come about that kind of you know design decision was it just something that you evolved out of playing the game uh, yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was a lot of testing because 
The game started with a prototype, and uh, it was, I can't remember it, I think it was just on a line. I think it was SD and JK. Right, yeah. It was it was even worse. <laughs> so we, we, spent, we spent like a week trying all possible configurations, and we found that... Uh, the, the diagonals are respected with EF and the IJ. Yeah. yeah. So the diagonals is, is good. It's only the left right. It's, it's a bit messy, but uh, it was a good compromise between the finger is in the right place and the movement is still a bit intuitive. Yeah. I mean, it's for those, again, we're focusing on the English keyboard and I appreciate that. But yeah, the F and the J, they're really important keys. <laughs> and uh, to have your hands or your fingers resting on those is quite important. And, you know, something we haven't really spoken about in the game, and I just want to talk about it now, is the combat. Um, it's usually what I call almost like a horde mode, but you're on your own. So you sit in the middle in a dais, if you will, like a, a circular, well, typically it, it changes throughout the game, but, it, you know, in, in the middle of a, in a space. And you have things coming at you, don't you? Things, <laughs> yeah. Monsters, creatures, nah. various Because they're insects. Insects? Well, yeah. spiders aren't, are they? Oh, such a pedant, Chris, but yes. Creatures. They are not spiders, they don't have eight legs. Oh, they don't? Oh, okay. Well, we're sort of not, not, not paying attention. <laughs> That's true. Too, too busy bashing away at the keyboard. Um, so... How this worked in, well, maybe, maybe you can describe it, but what I can see is you have creatures that come along with words above them, right? And then yep. you have to type those words as quickly as possible, else you will die as soon as they come into contact with you. Tell us how that balanced and how that worked and how you, you designed that to a point where it didn't become um, nigh on yeah. impossible. Well, you talked about uh, Typing of Dead being uh, boring at the beginning. Yes. So, actually, it came from that. Uh, we don't didn't want it to um, didn't want to make a game like Typing of Dead. So no, uh, uh, yeah. For us, the thing that was boring in Typing of Dead was you have no decision to make. No. It's uh, just scrolling, and you just have type words in the order they are given to you. Yeah. So we wanted to change that on to let you the decision on which world you want to type first. So that's where the idea of an arena with several worlds at the same time came from. So you have different uh, speed enemies with different speeds. So yes. you know that you have to type the faster enemy first because the slower enemy, you will have more time to, to, to kill him uh, because it's a one shot, one, you die directly. You don't have life points. Yeah, uh, although later on you start burning them and other things you can do. Sorry, spoilers, but it's quite fun to, to do that. Um, but I've also found that the words, the choice of the words aren't random, are they? Yeah, so you have the different speeds, you have the different uh, number of worlds. Yes. You have just one world, they're really fast. Uh, and other enemies have several worlds. You have enemies with uh, short and long worlds. So actually they are taken in uh, dictionaries right. with different uh, settings like short worlds, long worlds. Complicated worlds, yeah, in which you can find worlds you never find anywhere else. Um, if you, if as a player, there's a tip, pro tip to everyone listening. If you have a big vocabulary, um, you're onto a winner because <laughs> 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 if you see a word, like, I know that one, and that happened to me quite a lot. Um, they're like, 
only glanced at the word and like, oh, I know that one. And I started just typing what it was. Um, and that's quite cool. Made me feel better about myself. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, some of the words are quite ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. part of the, the fun of the thing. Uh, sometimes you have, uh, well, I won't spoil any, uh, anything, but um, sometimes we put voluntarily uh, fun words or... So, yeah, chemistry is a big tool for that. And the chemical dictionary, medical dictionary also. It's nice ah. to have big words because it's always um, conc- concatenated strings. Okay. So it's always, it's always, uh, you can find very long names of uh, diseases and uh, chemical elements. It's usually Latin, isn't it? Or you could just like, it's this long string of nonsense. Like, what is this? Is that yeah. a word? Or, um, yeah. Yeah, it is. All the, 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 the phobias also. Oh, God. You can have a phobia and it's always two words. So yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah. a bonus letters for us. So, um, I found that some of the words are actually in context. Like, yeah. you know, you yes. like fear, burn, um, and you, you also pick up plants and stuff like shrubbery and stuff like that. Again, was that always the intention? It makes sense. Yeah, it was intention because we didn't want, like in Typing of the Dead, to have players playing just the words that were written on the screen, to have to give a meaning to what the words, uh, to, to link the world with the action you're doing, or to the item you're destroying, constructing, to everything. But then it's always put in a, chosen randomly in a dictionary with a given theme. And then we like to think that players will uh, build their story in their mind themselves with okay. the worlds given randomly. Cool. So, my last question then, and I want to talk about the world you've created, because you could have so easily made the the story or the, the, the typing a side issue. You know, you could have just made it a thing and then created a more traditional world around it, like, oh, you're just casting spells, for example. You didn't do that at all. Instead, you went deeper, didn't you? You actually, I want you to describe to me, and to, to, I want to know why, I know why you did this, but there's a link between the words you're typing and the world you actually inhabit, because you're playing this character who's riding a giant fox, which is already an automatic win, and <laughs> she... um She's on this giant, big red or orange fox. I love foxes, so to, I was really that was another thing that drew me to your to your game, uh, to Epic Story. But tell me about that. How did that come about? What, what, tell us about. Just describe it for us. How the world is more than just you typing away. Is it you actually? The world actually opens up for you. Can you tell us about that, please? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I said first that everything came from the idea of having a typing game. So you're right, typing words. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about the story, so quickly. Yeah, without any spoilers, but there's, there's what I'm trying to say is that. There's... Without big spoilers, you are yeah. like in the mind of a writer mm-hmm. in lack of inspiration. Uh, he has a block writer syndrome, something like that. Yes. Uh, so you have to, to type words and explore the world to earn inspiration points 
which works like uh, experience points, but we call that inspiration because you're giving inspiration for the writer to uh, have new ideas and unlock new parts of the world. So the world is unlocked uh, with revelation, which a uh, bit of an inspiration of Bastion, the way it's created, but never mind. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah, everything. So from the article direction, to have something on paper graph, it also comes to uh, the idea of typing typing words because. Um, as a writer, you know, you writing words and having words on paper, well, just, which are just words on paper, you're creating with the power of imagination. It's a bit cliche to say that, but the power of imagination, you can create your world world. So we like the idea of having that true imaginary world, which came through just typing words. Right. I don't know if I made my, me clear, but. No, I just what I wanted to tease out of you, and I think I've got it, is you are playing the um, you're inside the mind of a writer who's struggling to get his work done or his or her work done, and every time they type and they the more words come out, then they become more and more inspired and they become more and more creative as they do so, and as they do so, the world that they're trying to realise becomes bigger and more detailed and more you know it's just become you but yes. And that's, I think it's ingenious. But the reason I ask this question because I want to ask about Tybo. How did, how hard was this to create? What what challenges did you face when you were creating this? I think for the world, add, yeah, yeah, go on, Tybo. For the world itself, it was you know, relatively easy, but uh, because it's Unity, so you have all the power of Unity behind you. So it's right. uh, okay. I think the, the hardest part of the game in general was to get the, the typing and the, the words, the display of the words correctly, because it was very important to be uh, very uh, reactive and juicy. So, yeah, I think the, the opening up and the, the there's there's focus, soft focus and hard focus, and there's things in the background that were just out of focus, but you can still interact with. It's beautifully done. Um, it's just I was quite I was quite taken by that. Like you could see something way below you, but you could still interact with it. And if you could see the word above it, then you can type it, and yeah. think something would happen. Um, but um, so that is my last question, and we'll draw to a close. It's sad, but all good things come to an end. Uh, Epi story is actually out now. It's it's complete, isn't it? It's not early access. It's done. Right. It's not done, but it's uh, it's released. Yeah, it's we, have, released. we are still working on it. Yeah, uh, we are st- we are we still have so- a few features that we are we are adding. Okay, awesome. Like the mods and uh, yeah, and the workshop. That's great. Yeah, the workshop and uh, yeah, fixing bugs. And it's um it's available on I believe Windows PC, Mac, and it is also on Linux. I don't know. I can't remember. It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. I'll make sure of that. I don't want to don't talk for you. But I know a personal experience. I've played it on both Mac and PC, but I don't have a Unix machine. Um, I do have a Steam box, but I cheated. I put Windows on it. I know, I know, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, because I wanted more games on it. Sorry. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review and you can also, don't forget, listen to us 
on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up The Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer and listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, should we say, of spong.com. Bye!